It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, Anchor.fm. That's our host site, people. But you can catch us on Spotify, Apple, all those podcasting sites. You got it. You know it. You love it. With John Mita. I am Joe O'Donnell. We near 2023. Hope everybody's doing well. Johnny Mita, what's going on? I'm feeling, you know, feeling good down here in sunny Florida right now, Joe. Um, I'm not going to make people up home feel terrible, but um, I mean, it's not that bad. It's about 76, a lot of clouds in the sky, a little overcast. So, I mean, it's not great here. <laughs> will you, will, yeah, will you be back New Year's Day for Eagle Saints? I will not. I will still be in, in, in Florida for work. So I, I will be missing the game at the link, which, you know, it kind of sucks. Hopefully I'll have the opportunity to get to at least view it. But yeah, but I got a good person in my stead, you know? So Yeah, who's the replacement? C sixteen. Yeah, Michael Hamilton. He's oh, gonna, nice. he's gonna replace me. Yeah. He will the legend. Uh, he will make sure that C sixteen is full throttle that day. There is no question about that. Would Just you be back Jerry for Jones. the would you be back for the potential preseason game against the Giants on January eighth? hundred percent. Can't wait to attend the last preseason game at the Lincoln. <laughs> Um, all right, let's jump into it. Since our last podcast, Eagles beat the Bears. Hurts got dinged up. Eagles lost to the Cowboys by six in a game they obviously could have won on Christmas Eve. Um, I tried not to let it ruin my Christmas in large part because the team was 13-1 and going in. Third straight road game, all the excuses in the book. They played pretty well. Not happy, not taking the loser mentality that it's a good thing or what have you. But I think there's a little bit of glass half full you can take from that loss. And uh, so I'll just lob it to you, John Mita. What did you make of the loss to the Cowboys? And then we got to get into the injury concerns so you can take the floor, my friend. Yeah, um, there were a lot of good things. First of all, Garner Menchu, he hasn't played in a meaningful football game in about a year since the last time when he played against the Jets and played pretty well. Um, he comes down the field. They get a field goal out of it. Wish they would have punched it in there. It didn't happen. And then the defense steps up with a hell of a play with Josh Sweat, you know, basically intercepts a flat pass to a running back and, and picks six. You're thinking 10 nothing. Christmas come early. Now, again, all knowledgeable fans like myself and yourself would know that, you know, this game is far from over. Um, so there were some good things. It's nice to see that Devontae Smith hit another big day, two more touchdowns. So now he's over 1,000 yards, and he's still three touchdowns shy of the boldest brotherly love podcast prediction of all time that both receivers would go over 1,000 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. We're still in the uh, – we're still in the round there with two games yeah. to play. Um, but, no, they, I mean, the thing is, there were a lot of good things. Listen, it really came down to this. If you turn the ball over, you're not going to win the game. It's that simple. It is so hard to win a football game when you don't win the turnover battle. And the both games that we lost the turnover battle, now that the Eagles are now 13-2, and or the Commanders, the Manders, whatever the hell you want to call that group down in Washington – Going back to Carson Wentz, by the way, which is interesting. Yep. And then the Dallas game. So, a lot of things to clean up. I, again, 
here's what I really, really, really pissed me off about this game. Again, as much as I've praised Jonathan Gannon on this fine program, okay, he deserves to get not so much praise. I think the biggest turning point was when Avante Maddox went out with his injury. That kind of really changed the defensive game plan now. But as a good defensive coach, like everyone's telling us what a great defensive coordinator is, he should have been prepared to do a better job. You know, Dak Prescott was 24 of 24 when the Eagles played zone coverage. I mean, I'm not a numbers guy, but to me, do you know what that signals? Get the hell out of zone defense. You have two of the best man cover corners in the league with James Bradbury and AK, we're going to call him Darius Slay, not big play Slay, because he hasn't made a big play in quite a while. And throwing your teammates under the bus in the press is not really a good look as well. So he's on the hit list this week. But you just have to put some pressure, give them something different. And then C.D. Lamb is cooking them. I mean, cooking them. I don't care if you take one of your best corners and say wherever C.D. Lamb lines up, that you got to follow him. That's your assignment. I don't give a crap. And throw in one of the lesser corners, you know, on the roster and have them play outside. Because other than C.D. Lamb, I mean, how great is the Cowboys receiving core? How Michael Gallup, he's come back and made some plays coming off his, you know, ACL injury, but he hasn't been 100%. I just schematically the defense. T.Y. Hilton came off the Walmart shelf and had uh, maybe Walmart the biggest shelf, play of the game. And then they're like, well, there should be help over the top. Well, it's third and 30. You let, you don't let, I don't give a sh- what type of principle you're in. You don't let anyone behind you. Okay. If you well, give that up- and there was nothing underneath for Slay. Exactly. Like once he, rec- once he recognizes that there's he nobody the to cover underneath. Right. And even if somebody right. underneath catches the ball, they still got to go 10 yards for the first down. I mean, that, that was just inexcusable. You talk about the turning point of Ante Maddox going out. Turning point for me was that play. Because the play yeah. prior or two plays prior, right? you know, they, well, they have back-to-back sacks. So they, exactly. get, they, force, they force the fumble on first down, and it does, right. the ball doesn't bounce their way, right? Linval Joseph right. looks like he's on top of it. You come away right. with that football with 10 minutes left or whatever, yeah. Eight minutes left, up seven already, and the ball. There's no way you lose that game. And, yeah. no. you know, it just didn't bounce their way. Next play, you get a sack. It's third and a mile. You're thinking you're still getting the ball back. So they had the third and five in the first quarter, up 10 nothing. Avante has him wrapped up for a sack. Can't get Prescott on the, down, uh, on the ground. First down, move the chains. And then that third and 30. So you want to talk about the turnovers being the difference in the two losses. I'll say 100% in agreement. I'm also going to say the two games the Eagles lost so far this season, the defense couldn't get off the field when they needed to, right? The That's commanders had third and short all night long very true. on that very Monday true. night game. And we see the same thing against Dallas on Christmas Eve. And Jonathan Gannon makes Jim Schwartz look like he's the top adjusting defensive coordinator in the National Football League. Like he's making, like he's making Jim Schwartz blush over in-game adjustments. I well, hate the fact they wait till halftime or whatever. And to your point, if you're if somebody's twenty four for twenty four in anything, right? Free throw yeah. line, whatever yeah. it is in sports, you gotta stop putting them there. Stop putting them in that spot. So to me, like if it was twelve for twelve, it's like all right. Well, maybe 
the first eight or nine times that he torches you in zone coverage, you know, you're thinking, ah, oh, we'll get we'll get it fixed. Once you get to ten to fifteen to twenty, like somebody up top has got to be charting the game and going, hey, every time we're in zone, he's completed a pass. Exactly. I mean, the only pass Prescott missed in the first like half of that game was the one he threw to Josh Sweat. Right. No, so, I'm with it. Sorry to cut you off. I just get fired up because no, that's and it's funny, right? Like it's because didn't he start the did he start the game nineteen and nineteen or my dream? I'm telling you, no, John. I mean, at one point they threw up on the bottom line his stats. He had one incompletion, and it was to Josh Sweat. Right, because Keith. Yeah, well, Keith and I had a conversation. We were wondering if. Hang if on. At what point was this conversation? The entered, huh? At what point was this <laughs> conversation? <laughs> well, this was. This was, I think, a day or after Christmas. Okay. But right. no, it was. It was the interception. Does that count as an incompletion? Because he threw it to us. No, right? It just counts as an interception. Right? No, that that's an incompletion. Tally, right? Of course huh? it does. Yeah, of course it does. It, it does count as an incompletion. I would, I would, I, I would be stunned. Well, see, that's where, that well, that's where a... we came in the conundrum of he was nineteen and nineteen to start the game. Nah, that's I don't I think he like was. A... I think I remember seeing he was twenty-four uh, out of twenty-five at one point. Okay. That's the number that's sticking in my head. Either way, he was yeah. pretty darn good, and it didn't feel yeah, like I that mean, because the Eagles were leading. You know, they were leading it. early. They were leading at the half. You know, they got a three and out to start the second half. They're up 10 in the third quarter again. They were up seven with 10 minutes left. So it never felt, you know, you could kind of have the sense they might not win the game. But until they were down and turning the ball over again and again, I never got the sense that it felt like a loss. And then even down six with two minutes left getting the ball, um, the one other thing I didn't like, and uh, I don't know how you felt about this, because by the time we got together on uh, Saturday night, we didn't talk a whole lot of Eagles, and be quite honest. Yeah. We didn't talk um, much. Yeah, you, uh, you were a little tired. <laughs> I was a little exhausted from my performance. <laughs> but, but like, I didn't like the fact that when they got the ball, it was on the Devon. <laughs> we did get some great photos. <laughs> Uh, the Devonte Smith play takes him down to like the twenty yard line. I would have liked to seen him clock the ball there. I mean, sorry, yeah. call the timeout, call the last timeout. Right. They went and clocked it, and then when you don't, when you're incomplete on second and ten, now it's third and ten, and now it's yeah. like, well, now you have to get the first down. Um, and so I was a little like I'd rather have used that last timeout settle things down and called your best play um, rather than spike it and lose it down. That's just me hindsight, whatever. Um, and then lastly, I guess, as we're just going kind of chronologically and, and glossing over some stuff is that last play of the game. I still want to see an angle. Like I don't, I think AJ Brown quit on that ball. I don't think he knew. I don't know if he was worried about getting teed up in the end zone. Cause it was sort of like a defenseless receipt, almost like a, center fielder going for the Willie Mays catch, but like he didn't realize that ball landed like a yard from him in the end zone. And he was the closest player to it. He's looking kind of over his left shoulder. I think if he had tracked it over his right shoulder to the outside pylon, 
I think he's got a chance to make a play on that ball. I just don't think he ever knew it was no, that I, close I, to him. No, man, you kind of rehash that. No, maybe he just didn't think the ball was coming to him or that the ball was even I, – I don't know what he didn't see. I don't know if he was worried because he was – I mean, he was literally surrounded by yeah. Cowboys. So, I but, don't know. But it was – Bummer to have it, that thing land know, on I'll the turf. I'll tell you the one thing, though. The one thing is that, like, if Jalen Hurts is in that football game, there's no doubt in my mind I think he drives them down the field and they get a touchdown and win the game. Yeah, well, That's- and guess why? Because they're not one-dimensional at that point. His legs keep the running game in, in check. Right. You know what I mean? Very true. It allows you to, you know, when it was when it was third and ten at their 20, if they want to play soft and not let anything get over their head in the end zone, he could pick up eight yards on the ground. Now you're at fourth and two or whatever. Um, exactly. or second down, he scrambles for six. Now you're third and manageable. So I'm with you. It's definitely a difference maker. Gardner Minshew is about as fast as I would be out on a football field. And I don't run in football equipment very often or ever. <laughs> so, um, all right, John Mita injuries, most concerning. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, give me a little sh- small term, short term crystal ball for the birds. Yeah, oh, man. So the, the big two, Two of the largest injuries that came out of the Cowboy game was Lane Johnson. You know, there was talk that it was, you know, that it was an abdominal strain, which then all of us so say, oh, crap, it's probably a sports hernia. Turns out he tore his adductor, adductor, like in the groin area. Uh, but this guy has to have surgery. But he, you know what? He's going to come back and living through chemistry. Cortisone shots, I'm sure of it. And this guy's going to warrior through. Um, the Avante Maddox, it's a big injury. I mean, every time this guy is played, he makes it different. He might be the best slot corner in the game. So that that's a big injury. You know, if I'm running the program, depending, if I would love to see us get Avante Maddox back for the playoffs too. But right now they ruled him out indefinitely. So I don't know. So it's time to make an adjustment. And Sidney Gardner Johnson is going to be coming off. Chauncey. Coming off, yeah, yeah, Chauncey. He's coming and he's played slot corner. So if I'm Jonathan Gannon, I'm going to say, listen, Sydney, you're you're going to play Avante Maddox. Chauncey. Chauncey. What, what do I keep saying? Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> where where am you, I you, just, you miss you miss Sydney Jones. No, there was uh, you know what? There no, you miss Sydney Jones. You you like Sydney Jones so much you can't get over him. Honestly, God, you know what? I think Marquette had a basketball. Gardner Johnson, to be honest to God. Look it up. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm serious, though. I think that's right. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Sorry, Chauncey. But anyway, we get Chauncey back. It's my new nickname for him, Chauncey. I'll give it the old hockey term, Chauncey. And Chauncey did so well tonight. Now, um, if we get him back, I'm playing him in the slot corner position. Then I'm taking either Reed Blankenship or Kayvon Wiles. Kayvon Wiles actually played probably his best career best game as a professional against the Chicago Bears. Really strong game. And I'm putting one of those guys at safety, and I'm going to roll the dice that way. We'll see with the Eagles, because Josiah Scott, you know what? Great Dude, I told you two months ago he stinks. I, I know you did. I mean, he makes toast jank. Butter yes. Right I mean, I mean, come on now. He's dry. Dry toast, that guy. Good Lord. Like and- Melbourne. May I also may also add in there that the draft pick of Zach 
Zach McPherson was more like Drek McPherson. If that guy yeah. can't get on the field over Josiah Scott, I don't care what position he plays. Um, like, yeah, why that's... is he not? Why is he not practicing at slot corner ever? You know, yeah, why is he I'm, not I'm, getting I'm reps somewhere else? That guy's a I'm bump. Up. By the way, a little bit of a late oh, bloomer we, here. I'm starting to, to see a couple of things, including plays in a regular season National Football League game from your guy Kayvon Wallace. I'm not ready to yeah. go there yet, but he's starting yeah. to get a little bit of run and something other in special teams, and he doesn't look so lost. We'll see. We'll right. see. But there no, might I mean, be something there, John Mita. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, uh, bottom line, there's um, – I'm um, like – you kind of need him to be one of your starting safeties because, yes. you know, Epps is a free agent. So is Chauncey. He's a free agent. So, yeah, I mean, and this guy's still controllable under that rookie deal. So, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, he becomes a starter for your football team, which would be All great. Right, on, on the offensive line, what are you doing? Plugging in Driscoll? Are you moving my lot around? Bringing in Dillard? What are you doing? You know, I – I've, at first, I'm like, wait a minute, Dillard's – I got it so confused because he was so confused. I was like, was he a right tackle coming out of college? No, he was a left tackle. Then he went to the right, said he can't write with his right hand, yada, yada, yada. You know, you don't want to screw up a thing, and I feel like Dillard – I would ask Dillard, to be honest. I think Malata can play both. He's I wouldn't ask Dillard. Too. He's so soft, dude. Yeah, but – here, here's the. Let's put it this way. This is how I think you determine who plays where. I think, uh, okay, is my a better left tackle? It, it, like, will he be better and be a better thing to keep him at the left than having Diller be at the right tackle? You know what I mean? Like, what I'm trying to say is, and I know that came off extremely terribly. I know what, what you're I'm saying. Trying, if you move my lotta. Right, the weight of the weight, like, you know, this is for all you analytical nerds out there, but like, is it better? Can he perform better if he's at left tackle than he would be if he went to right tackle? And I'm speaking of Dillard. I think Milano will probably be the same either way. Yeah, I don't think Dillard can play the right side. I think the option is either move Milano and put in. Dillard on the left side or Jack 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 Driscoll plays the right side. I think those are your only options. So if the lesser of two evils is whichever of those scenarios, you probably go that route. Um, All right, real quick, like real quick. Jody Mack yesterday was filling in on WIP. He said he's not 100% on this, but he's thinking. It's like a a little bit of a a theory he's got that Hurt should back up on Sunday in case of emergency, you break the glass, you throw them into the game against the Saints, only if it's going terribly or it's 9-6 Saints in the third quarter. Like, what do you think of putting Hurts in the backup role in case you need him on sun- on uh, Sunday? You're not down with the Ian Bookman? Um, you okay with that? Again, I, I think Gardner Menchu is extremely capable of winning this football game. To be honest, okay. if Hurts is yep. ready to go, like I said, I'm playing him in the Giants game because I don't want the guy to sit for a month and a half without playing any type of, you know, um, yep. competitive football. So I agree. I, I, I agree. I, I, I don't hate the idea. I, I 
you know, if he's good enough to play, if he's at 70, 80%, like I wouldn't even, even think about risking, you know, just because hit him for the playoffs, even though I'd like to get him to get some meaningful reps, you know, it's a great pose question, but again, I Minshew's winning this game. I mean, I just, all right, give me a prediction. All right, here we go. Here we go. And plus, we need them to beat the Saints so we can keep, you know, marking them down so we can get that draft pick. But anyway, and the games at home, and the games at home. You know, I'm, 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 I'm sticking with uh, what? I'm gonna go with 34-17 Eagles. Wow, another 30 burger they're gonna hang on somebody, huh? Yep, and the defense will have one defensive touchdown, possibly two. Eagles lead the league in points per game, by the way. I saw that yesterday um, okay. after they put up 34 again last week. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> I wasn't going to go that high scoring. You know me. But if you're going that high scoring, I'm going to get a little excited as well. I'm going to go 26-17 birds. Okay. Don't let Taysom Hill do some crazy crap and let them uh, hang yeah. around this game. Don't uh, let Kamara catch us. Don't oh, let Kamara catch a thousand passes out of the backfield and keep them in well, a game. He, was, he didn't practice the other day, so he, he might be. So, um, so it doesn't all right. matter after he we'll, me in my fantasies. We'll see how this weekend plays out. By the way, I lost in the Poonugs playoffs because of a yeah. Matt Gay extra point, just in case you were curious. Yeah, he I'm makes an extra point, and I go to the semi. He misses. I lose by half a point. Yeah, I'm 0-3. In this. I had three opportunities to win in the semifinals. There was a lot of cursing going Oof. on. When Nick Foles laid that extreme egg for a big money league. I mean, if they would have thrown up some points in the game, just kept it competitive. My God. I mean, I had a lead of like 60 points. and the Colts You lost in that league? Yeah, I was up 143 to 81. Oh, because Eckler had two touchdowns, right? He had Eckler. He had Cameron Dicker, the winner kicker. And mm. he had the Chargers defense. Oh, my put, God. And they just basted me. I was yeah. so mad. Yep. Ah, um, all right. Go. So, we can wait to address any playoff scenarios till next week because we'll have much more clarity. Either we'll be absolutely yep. in one, still trying to clinch, or – um, moving right along and, and waiting on that, you know, that bye week or, you know, I guess any number of scenarios could play out. By the way, Vikings play the Packers in Green Bay. Not an easy game. Yep. Uh, the 49ers should probably roll again. They've got a, they've got Cupcake City, but the yep. Cowboys playing tonight, Thursday night football in Tennessee, which three weeks ago I thought might be a tough game for them. Who knows now? But again, the Eagles – you don't want to backdoor right. your way into the one seed, but they also don't right. have to win if they I mean, get a little Tennessee bit of help. Tennessee doesn't really even need to play anybody. Yeah, I keep hearing that, that they might wait till next week to make it their win-all game. Right, because they play the Jaguars the following week for you know, winning the division, the division. Yep, yep. yep. So. Um, all right, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a Mike Vrabel thing. But, you know, now, it is a short but, week. Maybe he's thinking yeah. about basically giving them a bye. Well, they asked Doug Peterson the same question. He said, no, I'm playing everybody. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Uh, one quick question for you on the birds before we move on. Yeah. Because I feel like part of me hasn't done this. 
Have we appreciated this football team enough? 13-1 and with Jalen Hurts as a starter. Like, five years from now, are we going to be talking about this team? Have you relished just how good they've been? I feel like the season's flown by. You know, there haven't there hasn't been a whole lot of drama. And I just don't know that I feel like I've you know, I, I've I've reveled in the success. It's been good to you know, to quiet some of the haters, but nationally I don't think they're getting a lot of love and maybe I, I don't know. Have we have we as a fan base, have you personally, John Mead, appreciated this team enough? No, I mean I think we have a fan base. It's listen, of course we do, because we still find reasons to complain. So that means you know everything is status quo and everyone's in two. Um no, I mean maybe not enough. Yeah, but see I would dis- I would say I would say that's more us following along and paying attention and being critical, no. right? None of none of that's changed. But are no, we enjoying no. this? You know, cuz look, there's no guarantee this team plays in February. If they lose in late January or god forbid they don't get the one seed and they're playing in two weeks like are we ha- have we enjoyed this to this season to this point? They're the way you know, this is arguably the best regular season in franchise history. One of the best the yeah. NFL seen in fifteen yeah. years, if if they end up going fifteen and two. Has anybody gone fifteen and two? No. Yeah. Right? I mean, last year yeah. was the first seventeen uh week season. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to the question, do we appreciate this team enough? Um, listen, Joe, it's Philadelphia. A lot of times <laughs> Even if the team went undefeated, that, that's the beauty of our city is the fact that we'll still question everything. We'll still – we just – we want perfection. Um, again, if we look back on it, I think the biggest thing is will this team be able to deliver in the end? It's going to be hard to imagine. I mean, this has been one of the most incredible seasons in franchise history, but it's not going to – mean anything unless they go to Arizona and deliver the deal, which I think they're very highly capable of. I know we, we've suffered some some terrible injuries to some key guys as of late, but this this roster is deep, and it's deep for a reason, and I still think we have the tools to get it done. But, yeah, I think we're all going to remember it, but I, I just I just I think they have to deliver in the postseason. So. I love to hear it, um, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, like you said, at the end of the day, what this team's ultimate destiny is still to be determined. When they get there, uh, we should be able to put it into a, a better frame of, of reference as to how good they were and how special the season uh, this ultimately was. All right, Johnny Mita, um, any New Year's resolutions from you? New Year's resolutions? Um, whew, that is a good one. Uh Ah, man. Um, no, well, no. <laughs> I, you know, Are you, in the past, have you been a New Year's resolution guy? Like, I you mean, set out to do something? Would you I do mean, it? I've set out to do many things, yeah, but sometimes <laughs> the goals just come up a little short. Yeah. But that is good. I'll have to think about that and I'll get back to you. I'll circle back to a later date. No, right, um, I, I'm going to give you this. To, I'm going to give you this. John, what are yours? Right? Yeah. I got up. one for you. And I hope I can stay true yeah. to this. I probably won't. Yeah. yeah. But the, you know, the old line mix in a salad. I think I'm going to try and mix in a few more salads. Literally. I, I'm not going to reshape the diet, but right. I think I'm going to mix in a, a couple more salads I like it. And maybe a few less carbs, which is the hardest thing for me to do. 
Oh, bread is just, you know. So good. It, soft pretzels. I must have had 60 soft pretzels back home in 48 <laughs> hours over Christmas. Yeah. Well, I guess one of my resol- – I've kind of been slacking with the gym lately, and I've put on some pounds, and i got to maintain to keep my weight to where it needs to be. And I kind of got into the adult libations over the holidays. So, yeah, there's a couple things. Clean up my lifestyle a little bit. Will be, uh, <laughs> that, that, that is a big Ooh. one. And, uh, hey, real quick shout-out to the Broly Love Podcast. And I know my nephew won't hear it, but we're really proud of my nephew. He's uh, – he got a – I don't know if you remember the reporter, Joe San Liquido. He's the yeah. one that broke the story of Carson Wentz and the dysfunction yep. with some of his teammates. But he wrote a really nice article about my nephew. He had 21 points the other night as a freshman, shot 9 of 12. And they, and they lost by a point. But he's really putting together a, a strong freshman campaign. So Where's he at? Yeah, uh, he's a starter for Pencrest High School. So. All right. Well, John made it. You know yeah. one thing. That I know that your nephew, what's his name? Mikey Mita. You yeah. want to know one thing that I know Mikey Mita will always be dialed in on? What's that? Practicing his free throws. No doubt. No doubt. You got to get the gimmies. There is no <laughs> question about that. Now, I wish his team was a little dialed in with that as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they're a little struggle city, man. They, 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 you know, they, they, they don't really shoot it well. All right, honest. Johnny Mita. Lastly, right. full disclosure here, we had a re- re-record the ending of the podcast because we had some connectivity issues uh when we when we originally um you know knocked this thing out and uh so we had to cut it and i was starting to ask you about villanova basketball give yep. us the 45 second bold prediction that you gave me initially that again sure. didn't didn't work out connection wise sure. but uh, so t- take bo- us through the, the wildcats yeah. all right so real quick so they they've had a struggle to the season um and it's been a struggle. And actually, they had a heartbreak at home today. They just lost to Marquette, 68-66. Um, but, but help is on the way. And I got – there's a huge, you know, Villanova contributor, um, the, Bill Davis. He's the um, – he is the uh, – pretty much the practice facility has been named after him across the street from the Finn. But he gave me some inside info, which would basically uh, – you know, I said that – Justin Moore, the, the the young guard that you know, well, he's not that young, but the one that blew out his Achilles in Houston, which was Heartbreak Hotel in the Elite Eight against you know last year, which it could have been maybe a great run to another national title if he was healthy. Um, he's been practicing five on five, and the target date is for him to come back against Xavier on January seventh. So wow. All right, about a week so, from now. Yeah, so and apparently he's been the best player in practice. So I told Bill Davis that I m- mentioned this on the podcast. He goes, well, you can tell him you got more inside information. <laughs> this is the date. So when he comes back, and the, the, the end of my bold prediction is, you know, their record hasn't been great. Um, they're kind of right they're at seven that. Seven and seven now, yeah. Right, the 500 level. So. Getting in the tournament is going to be tough, but my bold prediction is once Justin Moore comes back to the Wildcats, they will face UConn in the Big East Championship in Madison Square Garden, and they're going to punch her ticket by winning the Big East Championship. So that's my bold prediction. Love it, brother. Hope you have a great uh, New Year's Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy and healthy to all the listeners. Thanks for all the support over the year. 
And, you know, we're going to try to do a better job and make the Bro Love podcast even better for the upcoming year. So yeah, I'm we, we had uh, Spotify told me, and I sent this to you, we had 500, yeah. uh, 582 minutes of new content in the calendar year. So for nice. those of you that consumed it, digested it, <laughs> uh, appreciate you. And uh, thanks for all the support. Our clicks have been up lately. I don't know why, but uh, we'll take it. You got it. Love it. All right, Johnny. Love you, brother. All right, good. go Birds. Go Birds. Yeah, go birds. Two. yeah and lock uh, down that number one seed, Minshew that, Mania. That, that's it. I mean, come on now. Seal the giant. I mean, and let's let's have a nice win and and just know the game's so important because it also it'll elevate our draft status because we own their pick. So well said. All right, everybody. Happy 2023 to everybody out there for John Mita, Joe O'Donnell, Brother Love Podcast. Till next time, it'll be a new year. We'll see. You.